It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a very special mailbag edition of Locked On New York Rangers for you guys here today. We're going to be taking questions from the loyal listeners of Locked On New York Rangers and answering them uh, for pretty much the entire episode. Might take a quick look also at the Rangers' upcoming schedule. They will be back in action on Tuesday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 793 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And like I said, going to be a very special mailbag edition of Locked On New York Rangers for you guys here today. Don't want to waste any time. Let's just go ahead, jump right into it here. Going to go ahead and minimize the screen uh, for those of you watching on YouTube here. And uh, going to take a look at the YouTube comment section. Uh, go through a couple questions, a couple comments that you guys have made in some of the more recent episodes of Locked On New York Rangers. And we're going to go ahead and start here with a question from Christopher Big Bear. I, I swear, you guys are just trying to make me laugh with some of these uh, these YouTube usernames that you come up with. But this comes to us, yes, from Christopher Big Bear. And he says, here's a good question for your mailbag episode. Who has been better, Georgie or Halak? And that is a good question, and I think uh, certainly an appropriate question to answer here on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers, since we're doing, like I said, a very special uh, mailbag edition here. As far as, you know, which goalie's been better, if you just look at their stats, uh, Georgie's got Halak beat by a little bit this season. They both had good seasons. Uh, Georgie's doing a heck of a job with his new team, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, It is a little bit apples and oranges with these two, though, because they're very different points in their career. I mean, Yaroslav Halak is, uh, I think, 38 years old. What's Georgie? Like 25, maybe 26 at this point, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, With Yaroslav Halak, you know, he signs with the Rangers as a free agent this past offseason, and he does that very well aware of the fact that he's going to be the backup for the New York Rangers. No veteran goalie is going to sign with the New York Rangers if they don't fully understand and fully accept the fact that they're going to be in a backup role, and that's what Yaroslav Halak did, and he's done a good job you know, for the Rangers this season, really throughout the year, uh, save for the, the shaky start that he got off to. With Alex Georgiev, I think he's at the point in his career where he's not really cut out to be a backup, and frankly, he's probably too good to be a backup, and he's showing that this year with what he's doing uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. Jordy was basically just a victim of circumstance where, you know, he looked like he might be the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist. There was a little bit of an opportunity there, but then Igor Shesterkin came along, put up ridiculous numbers everywhere he played, and uh, pretty much continued to do more of the same uh, in the NHL, and he became the guy in the Ranger franchise goalie, and uh, the Rangers struck a deal that I think benefited everybody. Alex Georgiev goes there. Uh, as, as far as like who's better for the Rangers, I would lean a little bit toward Yaroslav Halak for you know pretty much everything I just said there, because Alex Georgiev right now, he's looking to be a franchise goalie. He went undrafted. He's not going to be uh, content with being a backup. Yaroslav Halak will come in, embrace that role, and do a nice job with that role as he has. So as far as who fits the Rangers better right now, I would say uh, Yaroslav Halak. But if the Rangers didn't have Igor Shesterkin and he gave me that choice, I would say Georgie because Georgie, you know, is the guy that's looking to be a franchise goalie and he would have gotten that opportunity uh, with the Rangers. You would have to think uh, had Igor Shesterkin not come along. But we're glad, obviously, that Igor did come along. I will keep everything rolling here. This comes to us from uh, Mr. Pops Freshenmeyer. These usernames, man, they're they're just fantastic. Uh, my only complaint 
is the power play that doesn't have a pulse. Yeah, the power play has been a little bit shaky lately, and there's been too many instances where it feels like the Rangers are basically trying to uh, pass the puck into the net. Nobody wants to pull the trigger. Everybody wants to be selfless, and at a certain point, you got to be selfish. You got to take the uh, the shot if it's there for you. And I think another issue here might also be that. Uh, you know, it feels like at least a little bit, they're kind of going back to the over-reliance on the one-timer to Mika Zibanejad. And again, you got to give Mika his chance. You got to let uh, him shoot his shot, as the kids say, and, you know, take a, a couple cracks at those one-timers there. But you got to be able to do more than just that. There's too many good players. There's too many dynamic players, too many all-star caliber players on these power play units, both power play units, to, you know, just kind of rely on that one play, you know, getting it over to Mika Zibanejad. So I think the the long and short of it is that they just need to shoot more because there's times where, you know, it feels like they're set up in the offensive zone. It feels like the penalty killers are back on their heels a little bit. They make good passes, but nobody wants to shoot the puck. I, I think the Rangers can solve this. I don't want to say easily, but, you know, they, they can solve this issue if, if they just let the puck fly a little bit more. Patrick Kane in particular has to shoot the puck a little bit more uh, on the power play, at least in my very humble opinion. Uh, we go to a comment here from T-Bone T. Uh, we called that Laffy move slash goal a shuffle shot. Yeah, I was talking about the move that Lafreniere made in a recent game. Uh, you know, it wasn't as crazy as the move he made against Detroit last year, but nifty move on the doorstep, and he scored. That was the game where it was a big night for the kid line. I didn't really know what to call it. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the shuffle shot. That sounds good to me. We'll, we'll roll with that. Uh, we got a comment here uh, from White GD. He says, we didn't need Kane to win the cup. We needed Janot or Bugstad or something. We had enough scoring. We needed defensive players who are tough, something we are sorely missing other than Truba. Yeah, White, you know, I, I get the point that you're making here. I think, you know, with Ranger fans and really any fan bases, you always feel like you could use a little bit more toughness, a little bit more snarl. But I think the Rangers, a, a lot of people kind of sell them short in that department. In addition to Truba, who you mentioned, you know, you've got guys like basically the entire fourth line. Uh, VZ will get in your face. You know, Barclay Goodrow will play a physical style. Tyler Mott will hit people. Vincent Trocek's out there. You know, he's hitting people left and right. Uh, you go to the defenseman. Mikula or Harper, whichever one of them's in the lineup, they'll certainly mix it up. Uh, Ryan Lindgren will hit. Uh, Braden Schneider will definitely hit. So I, I think the Rangers have a little bit more thump, a little bit more physicality than people give them credit for. And I get it. You know, I mentioned both Janot and Bugstad when we were going into the trade deadline this past season as guys who could be candidates to join the New York Rangers. But I just can't sit here and say that, you know, somebody like Nick Bugstad would give the Rangers a better chance of ultimately winning the Stanley Cup than Patrick Kane, an all-time great, a three-time Stanley Cup champion who knows what it takes to get it done in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't think I, I can go that far, but I certainly do understand uh, at least the point that you're trying to make there. Uh, keep everything rolling here. Comment from DJ. Another unexplainable slow start, another comeback win. The slow start might be from not having a morning skate due to travel time, etc., etc., but it really places a burden on the goaltender to be on top of his game early. A great game by the Heedle, Laffey, Kako line and Halak. Yeah, that was uh, those guys were kind of the story of that game. You know, Halak, like I mentioned, he was solid throughout the game. He didn't really have any of those like true wow saves until uh, really right near the end there. He saved his best save and his most clutch save for the biggest spot in the game. About a minute left, uh, made a really nice save on a uh, a, a stuff-in try. I believe it was Reinhardt who tried to stuff the puck home, and a uh, great stop there by Halak on that play. Uh, we also have a comment here from 
Double Defense, which again, you know, th- these usernames are just hilarious, but that's actually a New York Ranger podcast that you guys should all check out whenever you get the chance. The Double Defense New York Ranger podcast, uh, and they write in, or Liz from that show writes in, hey, John, what are your thoughts on Miller? He's had some great moments, but seen some painful defensive plays. Hope he can show up more. Hope he can show more of the good stuff once the playoffs begin. Yeah, you know, Miller, he, he does have these hiccups every now and then. He had a rough game not too long ago. There was a game where, you know, Sidney Crosby kind of baited him into making a mistake. Uh, there was another instance where, I think it was a different game, but he was in front of the Ranger net, and he inexplicably just kind of left the crease and went into the corner, left the front of the, the Ranger net wide open, and that ended up leading to a goal uh, for the opposition. So that was obviously unfortunate, but for the most part, you know, I've been happy with Ke'Andre Miller. Uh, For starters, you know, he was obviously taken in the first round by the New York Rangers, and it's nice to see, you know, a Ranger first-round draft pick really kind of pan out for this team because we've seen plenty of first-round draft picks that do not pan out at all. Uh, You know, you go with Leah Sanderson, Vitaly Krasov, and there's other examples as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, overall, I think Andre Miller has done a nice job, you know, three years into his NHL career here. And, you know, to your point, Liz, I think we're going to see the best of Andre Miller once the playoffs roll around. Last year in the playoffs, it's Andre Miller's first taste of Stanley Cup playoff action, and I, I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, you could really make the argument that he might have been the Rangers' uh, best, most consistent defenseman throughout the playoffs last year. You had that clip uh, after the Rangers lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning where they were going through the handshake line. And Miller and John Cooper kind of had a moment together. And John Cooper was telling him, you know, you're a hell of a player. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be a fantastic player in this league. Um, And I totally agree. You know, I think the sky is the limit for Ke'Andre Miller. And I think when the playoffs roll around, he'll be at the top of his game. And he will, you know, play the way he did last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I I really have no reason to think otherwise. You know, he does have the occasional hiccup, but uh, so far so good. I think you would have to say overall for Ke'Andre Miller in his development and, uh, you know, obviously still a very young player in this league. I think you have to like what you've gotten uh, overall from Ke'Andre Miller thus far in his career. Uh, We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. First, though, I uh, do want to go ahead Take a quick second to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. And we got to tell you a little bit about FanDuel here. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we're going to keep everything moving 
uh, right along here, just kind of go into some more comments that you guys have left in the YouTube section. I've also got some emails and some Twitter DMs a little bit later in today's episode. I wanted to spotlight uh, this comment here from David English. Uh, it was an episode where I kind of Stood up for Jake, or not Jacob Truba. I always do that. If, if I mix up a name, it's usually me calling Jacob Truba Vincent Trocek or calling Vincent Trocek Jacob Truba. I don't know why, but it does happen every so often. But bottom line, we're talking about Vincent Trocek here. And I, I kind of stood up for him in a recent episode and, you know, kind of um, just openly wondered why there are certain Ranger fans that are a little bit slow to warm up to him. Uh, you know, at least a certain amount of Ranger fans, not the majority, but I, I think the majority of Ranger fans are, you know, on board with Trocek and are certainly glad that he's here. But David English had this to say about Trocek. Trocek is so amazing, and I could see him coming up big in the playoffs. And then we had a response here from Easy Dups, uh, Game 6 overtime series winner against Carolina, LOL. Yeah, I could definitely see something like that going. I, I certainly think Vincent Trocek has a big-time playoff moment in him. Uh, I think his style of play is going to translate really well to the playoffs. In, in the past, I think he's done pretty well in the playoffs, other stops in his NHL career. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, hey, look, if, if they go into Game 6 against Carolina in overtime and Vincent Trocek ends it there, we're, we're certainly going to be nervous, but it's actually going to be uh, less nerve-wracking than the series against Carolina last year, because they were down 2-0 in the series, they were down 3-2 in the series, and they had to come back and, and win that and obviously go to a Game 7 on the road. So, I mean, hey, we're getting off easy if the Rangers could finish off the Canes in Game 6 in overtime uh, with a Vincent Trocek goal. Uh, we also have, who do we want to go to here? Do we want to go to Christopher Big Bear again? I, I think we do. So Christopher Big Bear, Tarasenko's reverse check was a thing of beauty. Yeah, it really was. Um, this is a game where uh, Tarasenko was pursuing the puck into the corner. He had somebody uh, kind of trailing behind him, and Tarasenko kind of hit the brakes, uh, put his shoulder into the chest, knocked him to the ice, really clean hit. And um, as the broadcasters explained, also a very legal hit. You're allowed to do that, you know, even though nobody has possession of the puck. They're both approaching the puck, and he took his guy down uh, very cleanly. And I will say, uh, Tarasenko, maybe I sold him a little bit short, you know, when we were doing our trade speculation episodes heading into the deadline this season. He will stick his nose in there and, you know, play with some grit a little bit more often than maybe I gave him credit for. I mean, he's not going to be out there, you know, with, with Jacob Truba levels of hitting and Jacob Truba levels of grit. Um, but you know, he, he does, he's, he, he'll pull his weight in that area. I think that's the phrase I'm looking for. Uh, he'll certainly pull his weight in that area and he's not somebody that is going to shy away from that kind of stuff. Uh, that is for sure. We'll go to a comment here from, uh, Richard as well. And, uh, I'll kind of summarize this comment here. So basically there was something where I was talking about how, the Rangers, I feel like they've been a little bit sloppy when it comes to their line changes. And uh, Richard mentioned the fact that, I'll, I'll read you a sentence from his comment here, it feels like the Rangers draw way more too many men on the ice penalties than they take, so I don't agree that that is a problem that will be worse in the playoffs. And then uh, DJ responded here, and he kind of uh, said what I'm about to say. When I was talking about that, when I was talking about the Rangers, you know, having issues with their line changes, I wasn't really referring to them taking too many men penalties because I don't think that's been a problem for the Rangers at all this season. It'll happen every once in a while, but I certainly don't think that the Rangers have taken an egregious amount of too many men penalties this season. What I was talking about was when they leave the ice, when they go off for a line change, it's a little bit slow sometimes. It's a little bit sloppy sometimes. And... Guys will just be a little bit, you know, too casual, maybe going off the ice and jumping onto the ice. And there's times where, you know, they'll do the line change before they really should. 
you know, the, the puck will be in the neutral zone and you got guys going off the ice instead of, you know, getting it deep into the attacking zone and then going for the line change. Uh, that's been my issue more so than too many men penalties. And I think that can really, you know, end up burning you come Stanley Cup playoff time. Uh, I do want to keep everything rolling in just a second here. We're going to get into a couple more of your guys' uh, YouTube comments. And then, like I said, there were a couple of emails that I want to get to and a really fun question uh, from Rich. And we're going to save that for the end of the episode. It has to do with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we're going to have some fun with that one. And we will do all that in just a second. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. We're going to get back to uh, the comments on YouTube. And this is a question that comes to us from ReadyXXI. This is what he said after uh, the Rangers' most recent loss, the loss to the Carolina Hurricanes, where the Rangers had the lead in the third period and then kind of let it slip away, and the Canes obviously got the Rangers there in Madison Square Garden. Rangers paid them back a couple of days later. But ReadyXXI says, they are a group of guys, not a team. Listen, I respect your opinion. I'm not sure I've ever disagreed with a YouTube comment more than this one. I, the Rangers, I, I don't know where anybody gets this kind of an idea where it's a group of guys and not a team. I mean, just watch them interact with each other. Watch how happy these guys are whenever somebody scores a goal, whenever something good happens. Watch, you know, at the end of the game, you've got Mika and Kreider and Trocek. You know, they're all congratulating everybody as they leave the ice. Everybody's hugging. Everybody's happy. They do their sick raise at the end of the game. Uh, whoever's in goal, you know, every player goes up to them, gives them the little headbutt. And to me, it just seems like a group where there's not a ton of ego in that room. You know, there was they were talking a little bit on the broadcast not too long about how, you know, the kids would like to be out there more, but it's about winning and it's about the team and they'll play whatever role that they're asked to play. And I just feel like, you know, when you watch this team interact with each other, you watch some of the things that happened last season in the playoffs. I don't think a team that's a group of guys and not a team, and granted, there's a couple new players on the team this year, but I don't think a team that's a group of guys and not a team is going to come back from 3-1 down against Pittsburgh, is going to come back from 2-0 down against Carolina, is going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't think a team that fits that description, that would be the case at all. And again, just watching these guys interact with each other, you know, throughout the last couple of seasons here, I think that is maybe the strength of this New York Ranger team, is the team chemistry, the team camaraderie, the fact that these guys all have each other's backs, and I, I just don't know where anybody gets the idea that, you know, they're, they're not an actual team. And, you know, if they don't win the Stanley Cup this season, it's not going to be because it's a group of guys and not a team. It's, it's going to be because winning a Stanley Cup is really freaking hard to do. It is the most difficult championship to win in all of sports. No one will ever convince me otherwise on that front. And uh, again, I just can't imagine watching this team over the past handful of seasons and coming away with the conclusion that, you know, it's a group of individuals and they don't care about each other and they're not a team. And uh, I got to give a shout out to DJ here with one of the comments that he left on this comment. He writes that quote unquote group of guys is 31, 10 and five since December 3rd. And yeah, I think that stat pretty much sums it up right there. So uh, thank you, DJ. And listen, Ready XX one I, I do appreciate the comment. I can certainly appreciate a different viewpoint, but uh, I definitely have to uh, strongly disagree there because I don't think team chemistry is any kind of an issue with this team. And, and in fact, it's the opposite. I think that's one of the strengths. Uh, I wanted to keep everything rolling here with a comment from Tron Magnum on a recent episode of Locked On New York Rangers. He writes, when the Rangers make the finals, you should have a live pregame broadcast from a restaurant or pub near Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's something that I would eventually 
definitely like to do. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. I mean, maybe, you know, for our 1,000th episode, we're going to have to do something crazy for that. We're approaching 900 right now, but for our 1,000th episode, we're going to have to, you know, find something like that to do. And, and if that's something that we can pull off, and if you guys will show up and, you know, I can get a, a restaurant or a pub on board to do something like that, then yeah, that's something that I would absolutely love to do. Could be a lot of fun. Um, we'll probably do what we're doing right now and do some Q&A at the end of the episode. Um, but it would be a live Q&A, which would be a lot of fun. It'd just be cool to meet up with everybody, you know, all you guys who listen to this show and uh, hopefully catch a game that night. You know, maybe I do the episode during the day and then at night, you know, the Rangers play at seven or whatever the case might be. But yeah, I would definitely be open uh, to that idea. I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, but then we get a response here from Dank Dill, who <laughs> Tank Dill. Okay, so he writes, let's keep it humble and chill until it happens. No need to get ahead of ourselves. Don't want to tempt fate. And yeah, I I get what he's saying here because, you know, obviously there's no guarantees that the Rangers are going to make it to the finals. I think they have a great chance. I think they have as good of a chance as just about any team probably in the NHL. You know, they they really have a loaded roster and they're playing extremely well down the stretch here. Um, They've got a great blend of young guys, old guys. There aren't really any glaring weaknesses when you look at this New York Ranger team. So I I think they certainly uh, have a chance, but I'm always the same way. I mean, there's no guarantees. And, you know, the Rangers are going to be up against, even in the first round, they're going to be up against an excellent opponent. And the Rangers probably will not have home ice advantage for that game. So one step at a time here, we got to finish the rest of the regular season and then, uh, you know, hopefully march through the playoffs one game and one round at a time. And then we have Joey Lockerberg, who writes to Dank Dill. He responds, bro must not realize the mountains we got to climb just to get there, LOL. Yeah, that you said it. I mean, it, it's going to be a series of mountains that the Rangers are going to have to get over uh, just to make it to the Stanley Cup final. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of good teams that they're going to have to beat. And, you know, you can't really look past your, your first opponent even. You know, the first round, it's going to be a dogfight no matter who the Rangers uh, are against. And then uh want to go ahead and do one more comment from YouTube here. This one comes to us from... User, is this better? Gallant needs to set it and forget it for a couple weeks. Win, lose, or garbage point. Give the lines time to gel. PK and power play units should remain consistent. No major lineup swings, assuming no injuries. We are in a very good spot right now. And uh, yeah, this was written about three weeks ago. This is actually, I think, the last episode that I did before I took my little break there. And it does seem like the Rangers, more so now than probably at any other point this season, do seem to be somewhat settled into a lineup. There's always going to be little tweaks here and there, but it seems like for the most part, they're rolling with the same lineup uh, night in and night out. And obviously that doesn't factor in the Lindgren injury. Obviously, you got to shuffle the deck a little bit there as far as your defensemen are concerned. Um, But yeah, you know, for the most part, I do think that the Rangers have uh, done a little bit better job of, you know, kind of settling in uh, to a more consistent lineup uh, night in and night out. Got a couple more here today. I want to go ahead and uh, shift our attention to a couple of uh, messages that I got on Twitter as well as, uh, you know, a couple of emails as well. Uh, We're going to start with a Twitter message that I received from Anthony. Anthony writes, cool little talking point. We sometimes see Kako on the PK. Why not Laffy? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any, like, major reason for that. You know, I, I think right now maybe the coaching staff just trust Capo Caco in that situation a little bit more than they trust Alexi Lafreniere. I do remember, you know, a couple of years ago in the preseason and even into the regular season a little bit. Uh, in fact, it was just last year. Gallant tried this. Uh, he experimented with both Caco and Lafreniere on the PK. At the time, I didn't think either one of them really played all that well in the PK role. And it was kind of a short-lived experiment. But we do see Kako get out there every now and then, um, you know, current day with the Rangers. Uh, there's certainly other forwards that the Rangers look to go to before Kako. But we do see Kako out there every once in a while. And for the most part, I think he's done a nice job with it. 
Could Alexi Lafreniere kill penalties if you absolutely needed him to? I, I think he could probably handle that. Um, but right now, you know, he, he's pretty far down as, as far as, you know, PK pecking order is concerned. And something else that might impact this at least a little bit, you know, Lafreniere is on the second power play unit right now. Kako is not really getting any power play time, so that might be just a way of getting him on the ice. And if, if Gallant likes what he sees and Kako does a good enough job on the PK, then I suppose, you know, we'll continue to see him uh, at least a little bit on the penalty kill. We got two emails from John here, two for the price of one. Uh, he wrote to me during, uh, this is during a, a Ranger loss. John, this is an emergency email during second intermission of the game. Regardless of what happens the rest of the way, the Rangers must find a way to keep Tarasenko. He's tough to move off the puck. He has great s- skills shooting, and he's only 31. If it means trading a kid, so be it. Preferably Miller and not Heal or Kako. Hope you're feeling better. Have a great vacation. And uh, then he also wrote a couple minutes later, another email from John. John, also the Ranger, no, yeah, another email from John, from John to John. John, also the Rangers gave up number one pick for Tarasenko as opposed to giving up not much for Kane, trade Miller and or Lindgren if needed to keep Tarasenko and it solves right wing issues. We have Zach Jones and others in the AHL. Also, Mikola takes too many penalties. When Miller comes back, I would contemplate playing Harper over Mikola. I feel so bad for Mott. Poor guy has taken three or four hellacious hits since he came back. Just had to get some stuff off my chest. Yeah, thanks for the email, John. Um, That idea of possibly trading one of the kids or one of the defensemen in an effort to keep Vladimir Tarasenko, it makes more sense than I want it to make. You know, it's not something that I had really thought about. And, and, you know, I've discussed the idea of the Rangers possibly trading Ryan Lindgren. I would think it would happen if it does happen after next season as opposed to after this season. But to your point, yeah, I mean, the Rangers, they're pretty loaded when it comes to their defense. And you've got, um, you know, Fox is under contract long term. Jacob Trouba is under contract long term. Brandon Schneider is still on his ELC. Uh, The Rangers do have guys like Zach Jones and Matthew Robertson in the AHL. Uh, we'll see how their development continues to come along here. You can always, you know, bring in a, an inexpensive veteran as your number six defenseman for a couple of years. I would definitely not trade Miller and Lingren. That's too much. I would not go that far. Oh, man. You know, if you have to trade one of them to keep Vladimir Tarasenko, I mean, the Rangers defenseman depth would not be hurt as much by moving a Miller or a Lingren as much as the Rangers right wing depth would be hurt by losing Vladimir Tarasenko in free agency. So I get what you're saying. And honestly, I'm going to give a little bit of a cop-out answer here. At least I admit it. I have to wait and see uh, how the playoffs shake out this season. I got to see how everybody, uh, you know, plays in the playoffs. Can Vladimir Tarasenko help the Rangers make a deep run? Uh, What kind of a postseason is he going to have? We'll see how Miller and Lindgren uh, do in the postseason as well. But I will eventually circle my way back to this idea because I think it's a very interesting concept. I really don't want to lose Lindgren. Uh, As I mentioned, he's one of my favorite players, the heart and soul of this team. And, uh, you know, in the past, not so much right now because the Rangers are playing very well, but in the past, the Rangers have noticeably uh, not been as good of a team when Lindgren has been out of the lineup. Uh, We also got an email here from Rick. He writes, hi, John. First, I hope you and your family are doing well. Thank you, Rick. Uh, Second, I know you look at social media more than email for comments, so this probably won't make Monday's pod, but did you take a look at how weak the Penguins lineup is? It is a testament to how good Crosby is, even this far into his career, that they are close to the playoffs. Would any of the D-men start on a healthy Ranger team, and how many forwards besides Crosby would crack the Rangers' top 12? So this is the one I was talking about before. We had a question, great question here. Um, and it's something that I wanted to uh, address um, here in today's episode at the very end here. 
And I'm going to go ahead to help us do this. We're going to pull up on Daily Faceoff. We're going to pull up the Penguins depth chart. And Daily Faceoff can sometimes be a little bit wonky, but it seems like it's working pretty well for us right now. And so, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think for sure, I mean, you got to start with Crosby. He, he would crack the ring your top 12. I don't think anybody can argue against that, regardless of how you might feel about Crosby. I would still put Malkin there. I mean, I know Malkin isn't the player that he used to be, but uh, still a, a solid player and a steady source of points in this league. I think certainly Gensel, you know, he's obviously emerged playing with Crosby helps, but he's emerged as, you know, a really good player in this league as well. And after that, I mean, you could make a case for guys like Brian Russ, guys like Jason Zucker, but you look at the bottom six of this uh, Penguin team right now, and even Michael Granlin in the top six. I know Penguin fans are not happy at all with him. Uh, They traded for him. He hasn't really done much of anything to help them. You look at the bottom six for this Penguin uh, lineup right now, and man, it is grim. I mean, look at this. Third line, you got Heinen, Poling, and Ricard Raquel. Now, Raquel is a decent defensive forward, but the Rangers have enough of them. I don't think the Rangers uh, would need Raquel uh, in their lineup at all. The fourth line, O'Connor, uh, Jeff Carter, and Josh Archibald. And again, none of them are cracking the lineup either. And don't take my word for it when it comes to somebody like Jeff Carter. Just go on Penguin's Twitter and see what the Penguin fans are saying about Jeff Carter. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything positive being said. And as far as the defensemen, I mean, I think you'd still have to put Latang in there. Uh, again, maybe not as good of a player as he once was, but again, a very you know solid uh, player in this league as you could say the same for for uh, Malkin. Um, but the rest of the defense, and you've got Pierre-Oliver-Joseph as the other top-line defenseman. Uh, the second line is, or the second pairing, you've got Dumoulin and Petrie. I mean, Dumoulin is somebody that you, Penguin fans can't stand him. They, they are so ready to be done with him. It's actually kind of hilarious. And then the third pairing, Mark Friedman and Chad Ruedel. And I don't think they're cracking the lineup either. So maybe one defenseman on the entire Penguins team would crack the Rangers' top six right now. And as far as the forwards go, I would think three of them for sure. And you could maybe make a case for number four and number five, but that's about it. You know, and that, I think to your point, that is a testament to, to Crosby and how good he still is. The fact that he's got this team, you know, still, if the play, if the season ended right now, I'm pretty sure the Penguins would, would make the playoffs. So uh, yeah, obviously uh, credit to him. And then just one more comment. This one came in, you know, right before I hit record today. And I want to um, give a shout out to Dan. Because, you know, Dan and I are actually about to play each other in the Locked On New York Rangers uh, Fantasy Hockey Championship round here. And a message from Dan here, a longtime listener of Locked On New York Rangers. He says, hey, John, here's to a terrific final. We made it. Hands down, this has been the toughest fantasy league I've ever been a part of, and I've been doing fantasy sports since 1989. I go back to the early days when we would meet at a neutral place and have all our pre-draft stats and charts. It was an all-night thing. Uh, are you in a fantasy baseball league? Let me know. All the best this week. We'll see where the chips fall next Sunday. And uh, thanks for reaching out, Dan. And hey, you know what? May, may the best team win as far as the fantasy championship round is concerned. And uh, always great to hear from you. Uh, I am in a fantasy baseball league. I've got my draft layer tonight. Maybe at some point we can expand Locked on New York Rangers to other you know, sports as far as fantasy leagues are concerned, we can maybe give that a shot somewhere down the road. Uh, I'm not sure if, if everybody that plays in our fantasy hockey league is a baseball fan, a football fan, whatever the case might be. Um, but, you know, something we could definitely uh, keep our options open for. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Love doing these mailbag episodes. It's always so cool to hear from you guys and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, take the pulse of uh, the, the New York Ranger fan base, see how everybody's feeling, see what everybody's kind of buzzing about. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. 
Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Uh, one last note that I want to mention here before I leave, though. The Rangers, it's Monday as I'm, I'm recording this. Rangers do not play tonight, but they actually can clinch a playoff spot. This will happen if the Senators beat the Panthers in regulation and if the Canadians beat the Sabres in any fashion. So we'll see if it happens tonight, or uh, maybe the Rangers can just beat the Blue Jackets tomorrow night and clinch it themselves. Uh, we'll see how all the chips fall here. But uh, yeah, once again, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, and I will see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.